Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. Hello, 1.5 million followers. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there. No, I'm actually, my campaigning worked. It's not to do with the content you post, oh it's to gosh. do with my campaigning. For anyone that is, this is the first podcast you're listening to, welcome. Hope you enjoy it. But Laura, what she's talking about is a few 1.5 million followers and she's been sliding it into each podcast every week trying to get me there. And I will tell you now it was not my idea and I wasn't a part of it at all. But yay, I'm there. (laughs) It's so weird, to be honest. Yeah, 1.5 million people is a lot. I just feel like every time it grows, I'm like... Why? <laughs> Who are you? What are you awesome. in? Thank you. That's really nice. You have nice eyes. <laughs> I hope that's why people follow me because of my eyes. Yeah, great. They're kind and soft and inviting. That's lovely, Laws. <laughs> How is your weekend? Good. But first, I can't tell you. I need to tell you something else. Oh, okay. So, um, you know when, not you, because <laughs> you going? know when, <laughs> Okay. but for everyone listening, when you tell someone to watch something. And they're like, nah, I'm not going to watch it. Oh, my and God. Laura, <laughs> we don't need it. Oh. We do. Okay. So I've been watching a show called Workin' Mums. It's, I love how you say Workin'. It's W-O-R-K-I-N dash yeah. mums. And it's my favourite show. I cry. I laugh. It only goes to 20 minutes, the episodes. Yeah. I'm really sad I finished the whole thing. But I love all the mums. You really relate. There's like five characters. You can't yeah. relate to one of them. And I just love it. And I was like, Steph will love this. Yeah. And quote Steph. So this is after probably the 20th time I said, Oh, I have because she's like, what show should I watch? She's asking her followers what show she should watch. <laughs> her best friend is telling her, and says not interested. Anyway, so then oh, we're that on reminds the plane. me of something. That's like that time that you continued to stuff up your fake tan and don't watch my YouTube video <laughs> on tips. But anyway, yeah, continue. Still haven't. Huh. <laughs> anyway, then we're on the plane and I was watching it and Steph wasn't. And then she like after the plane trip, you said something like, "It looks like some bad drama or something." <laughs> no, it's just some poorly filmed drama. And I was like, you need to, okay, so. Give it a chance. Tell us, Steph. You gave it a chance. Yeah, it's like one of my favourite shows. On Facebook, on the weekend, I saw Steph recommend it to someone. You don't have to put it like that because everyone that I have spoken to about it, I have admitted that you got me onto it and that when you first started talking about it, I was like, well, this isn't going to be good. And in my defence, we don't have the same movie or TV We both like Dynasty. Okay, we both like Dynasty. But a lot of the time, I don't really like a lot of the stuff that you We do. What think of. I don't like what I think Okay, for of. one thing, not think okay. of. You used to love watching reality TV, like all yeah. the junk on I'm kind of off it now, though. Yeah, but I have never really enjoyed it. True. And then there was like, um, what was the other one? I haven't given Younger a chance, so I can't really judge it. Uh, and I've heard a lot of fantastic. people say it's great. Yeah, thank you. There was another one. What was it? Oh, even like, what is it like Young Mummies and Young... You're like all the like the Young Mummy shows. That's a reality and, TV show. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I liked that one. Anyway, i just not interested in all that. So I thought Working Mums was going to be similar in that way. And I didn't recognise any of the actors, so I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like give it. Give people a chance. And I did They're give them debuting. a chance. I gave them a chance. I gave your tastes a chance. <laughs> and I'm really happy. I'm like halfway through season three and it's so fun to watch. It's not one that I would watch with Do- Josh. No, like, Dalton's not into it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he'd be into it. But because the episodes are so short, it's like any chance I get by myself, I'll just watch one because it's so short and they're so good. So yep, that's a high recommendation from the both of us. Thank you for recommending it to me, Laura. 
Ah, that's what I wanted the whole time. Okay, so now <laughs> all of that is out of the way. Um, I'll give you a pat on the back once I can reach you. <laughs> How was your weekend? Uh, yes, it was a very a sad weekend because I was working on a memo for my fake uni. negotiation yeah. for uni the whole time. Yep. Yeah, that's all. How was yours? Because yours was awesome. And this was, I had the biggest FOMO because Steph had a soda trip this weekend yeah. to Coffs Harbour yeah. with all cool people and friends. And I was cool invited, people. don't worry, but I couldn't come because of uni work. And I literally just stopped watching your stories because I was like, I'm yeah. so upset I'm not there. Yeah, we it was, su- it was such a shame with the timing of that because basically what we did with soda was there's been a whole bunch of friends through the industry who have supported us from the very beginning. Like people like Maddie Edwards, she was our first customer she actually Wish bought a pair of sunnies awesome. so like all of these people we wanted to I suppose we wanted to shoot a campaign and like a summer campaign but really we just wanted to get them all together to thank them for all the support and just have a lot of fun and um the team like Georgie Luke and and Josh put together such an epic weekend and and a shout out to Liv who um helped us through everything she such a hard little worker and she's such a good time to have around and to everyone that came and supported um, us this weekend thank you and yeah you were very you were very much missed Lawsy I think you would have had an epic time at the beach so so good that's where I was Coffs Harbour for the weekend and it was quite funny because I got a lot of locals messaging me being like why are you here like they thought it was so random that we picked Coffs Harbour but it was so beautiful I definitely like would go back there for sure it was really um, relaxing and the house that we found was so perfect like definitely your taste you would have really liked that too yes they've sent me a video of the whole house tour you just tilled it for me yeah thanks (laughs) I just thought you'd appreciate it it was like very much your vibe I did (laughs) but um anyway that's um that's it with that um (laughs) so this week's podcast is with very special Brooke Yes. It was really nice to get to know her. Obviously, we had... That is actually one reality TV show that I did get into, that that season of The Bachelor that she was on with The Hardy Badger. I did get into that. So I only knew of Brooke through that show and didn't really know much else. So it was really cool to get to sit down with her and learn a little bit about where she's come from and, and the kind of stuff she's gone through in life. She's a pretty incredible young woman. Mm. Um, so we hope you guys enjoy getting to know her as well. Hello, Brooke. Hi, guys. <laughs> Thank you for joining us when you only had three hours sleep. Oh, you poor thing. I'm fine. I've watched a lot of TV, so I think that's sort of counter out the, the sleep <laughs> deprivation. <laughs> and I think we're both because Steph and I have just got off a plane, so yeah. we just all took about five minutes to work out the word book. We're yeah. like, what's that word? We're so excited to talk to you. So thank you so much for coming in and having a chat with us. We really, really appreciate it. We just wanted to start off with the three funnest facts about you. <laughs> I love <laughs> it because when you sent me this, I was like, I'm not fun. Like, Everyone says fun that. In my way, but I think I'm more weird than fun. So I had a good thing on the way here um, <laughs> and... I have three really weird ones. I'm a serious snacker, so but I have really weird snack obsessions. Oh, so I would love it. One of them is apple, green apples specifically. Green apples, soy sauce. Okay, them together Wait, at the same time. Yeah. Cooked them together. Well, um, no, just raw. Very unusual. Very I know. Random. <laughs> and 
<laughs> milk arrowroot biscuits and like milk. Like What's an arrowroot biscuit? It's like the plain oval biscuits. Oh, yeah. <gasps> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like baby the food. Aunt, it's yeah, it's kind of gross. I know it sounds really awful, but it's actually my like favourite snack. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the other one, but yeah, I'm a serious snacker, but weird <laughs> snacks. I guess another fun fact is I'm a serious tomboy. Mm-hmm. Like, as you can tell, I'm dressed in a hoodie and some vans. Mm-hmm. And I probably own more footy shorts than some guys. <laughs> Like yeah, I I just I can't throw them out. I just I'm not a hoarder. I'm a bit of a minimal minimal minimalist. So and I don't have an attachment with clothes, but mm. footy shorts I do. How many do you have? I last I counted was about twenty. Yeah, wow. Which oh, that's I think a lot. is quite a lot because and some of them are the same. <laughs> They're just from different seasons. Yeah. So I I should just throw them out. They don't fit really anymore. So <laughs> yeah. So that's my couple of weird facts. <laughs> That's actually the the snacking one is that's quite I've never you know what I'm thinking is is it like apples with salted nut butter no 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 because that's completely normal I was gonna I was gonna say that I was gonna say I love peanut butter with apples but I've also had Nutella on carrots before and someone looked at me really odd when I had that Ah. so. That I'm could with be you my third one. Yeah, it could be my <laughs> third one. <laughs> Sometimes I used to just eat salt, like tomatoes and salt, but I think that's very yeah. common. Yeah. But I used to think that was super weird. <laughs> and cabbage and vinegar was weird. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And now they're all coming, see? <laughs> no, I thought that was normal until my boyfriend brought it up and he thought, no, nah, this is super weird. It's a weird, weird way yeah, to eat. Yeah, because he didn't do it, so... Okay. If he's not doing it, it's, it's not cool. <laughs> Love it. What about the most pivotal moment so far in your career or life? Well, two that I guess come to mind. Uh, one would probably be moving to Perth. Mm-hmm. I think that year, 2007, was a pretty crazy year for me. Um, a lot was happening, like moving to Perth, which is a new town, new school, new mm. friends, new environment, everything just completely changed. Uh, I lost my mum and my mm-hmm. grandmother mm. in the space of about a month. So that was probably one of the ones that comes mm. to mind. Um, and I think the second one would probably be when Australia met me for the first time yeah. on national television <laughs> through The Bachelor. So that was, yeah, it's been a crazy whirlwind from there. I think being in, I would say, the public eye in quotations, mm. mm-hmm. I really don't think that I am but I, I really am <laughs> yeah that'd probably be the other pivotal moment because my things aren't the way that they used to yeah, be yeah life changed yeah completely you were definitely my favorite I'm not just saying that I promise <laughs> when you came on except Nick was not and I mean obviously he wasn't anyone's favorite but you were definitely I was like Brooke's gonna win Brooke's gonna win and then when everything happened I was like I'm not about this and I haven't really watched it since no Nick is my partner, not the honey badger. Isn't it funny? Your, your new partner has the same I name. <laughs> I have all names I could possibly pick and yeah, <laughs> at least I won't forget it, I guess. What about the first goal that comes to your mind? It can be in relation to anything. The f- I'm actually in the process of a goal at the moment. I am transitioning going back to university. Mm-hmm. So just looking at unit or courses that I want to do. So my goal is to go back to uni. I don't want to become a broke uni student, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what comes with the territory. And I think now that I've gone on my first heli trip with my partner, I think I would consider getting my helicopter license. That's cool. I think, well, Nick is actually really pushing it and he thinks that'd be a really cool idea. 
so we could do, little do that together. together yeah that's awesome and I he's like, like that. the best teacher so two things and I think the third yeah I think probably the most how much important. studies you have to do to be a helicopter driver driver there's just Flyer. about seven <laughs> exams pilot pilot sorry, yeah, that sorry. Would be, it's yeah. like framed higher <laughs> we couldn't get it yeah you have to do i think seven exams and then it's just a matter of hours in the helicopter until you sort of get enough hours to pass yeah it's he says it's not too hard but <laughs> i guess i'm like I don't know anything about maths or anything about helicopters. So it'd be completely a new thing for me. But university is definitely my go-to first um, before that. Um, I just really wanted to, I think, challenge myself. Mm. Um, I'm really passionate about learning and I work in education at the moment. Mm. So it's just constantly coming up. And I think, you know, I'm in a really perfect time in my life to go back and learn do something for you yeah 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 really (laughs) so you spoke earlier as one of your pivotal moments being 2007 when you came to Perth do you want to talk us through your childhood a little bit what was um what was it like in your little old town (laughs) how old were you in 2007 uh, 11. Yeah, okay. Childhood was growing up in a country town, yep. surrounded by lots of siblings. Mm-hmm. I had, I'm one of five mm-hmm. on my mum's side. And yeah, obviously that changed all mm-hmm. in 2007 when we lost mum and Nan because we were both living with them in a, a small little house. Mm. Childhood was fun. I mm. loved school, but I think I had a lot of responsibility put on me at a quite yep. a young age. That kind of took the enjoyment out of being a bit of a, just being a kid, really. Mm. You kind of have to think about adult stuff at such a young age. Mm. And yeah, so then moving to Perth was sort of like a second chance, like mm-hmm. a second opportunity to be a kid, do what I really want in life and yeah, be whoever I wanted to be. Growing up in Carnarvon, it's a very isolated town. It's not, there's not a lot of opportunities and there's not a lot happening. So when I moved to Perth and went to high school here, I kind of became a little bit of an opportunist mm. and sort of started doing things that I wanted to do to test myself or mm. challenge myself um, and sort of get out of my comfort zone. I was a very shy kid, which yeah, okay. is very unusual because I honestly can't stop talking now. <laughs> yeah. But I guess for the first couple of years of moving to Perth, I was – everyone used to call me Mute. Okay. That was my nickname because I just – wouldn't talk yeah I was only I would only talk if I was spoken to okay and that was my way of I guess I was just I was just super yeah analytical of people I would yeah. always sit in the room and people watch and if someone just spoke to me I would speak back but I sort of came out of my shell I think mid through high school were you sporty in high school because you play a lot of like footy and rugby and stuff like that did you start that pretty young yeah, like pretty much all my life. I think that's all you have in a country town. And it's kind of good that we don't didn't have iPads or phones yeah. back then because you kind of opened up yourself to using your imagination and being creative and being sporty. Yeah, I was always involved with football, basketball and netball. They were the three sports. Oh, actually, and, high, and hockey. But netball, I said to my mum once that... <laughs> Netball's just too girly for me. <laughs> I don't want to have to wear a skirt. Yeah. I used to hate it because you had to stay in your silly third. Or I know some mm. positions could go further, but I used to play like wing attack or something and mm. I just could not stay. I thought I was a basketballer. Netball, I could not stand thirds. it. 
Oh, well, anyway, I just like to be able to go down the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> run around everywhere. Same. <laughs> I played centre. Yeah, I was going to say, you should have played centre then. Super quick. <laughs> I was too unco for that. <laughs> if you're tall, it's good advantage. I was actually surprisingly tall yep. in primary school. Yep. And then I just actually never grew from year seven onwards. I was going to say, one of my best mates, when I met her in year seven, she was about a head taller than me. And now I'm a head taller than her. Like, I think she did all her growth in primary school and then that was about it for her height yeah <laughs> it happens yeah yeah I don't know what's done to my growth but I would like to track it down and <laughs> I don't know what I do but it just oh, it's so annoying being so short sometimes like reaching things and having to jump <laughs> anyway so <laughs> throughout primary school I was actually tall so and I was pretty athletic I, my brother and I used to have six-pack contests oh my God. um and like biceps like we'd always measure up our biceps <laughs> it was really funny <laughs> so yeah we, we were pretty competitive I was a super competitive kid and very inquisitive as well so always curious always asking why that was my why mm. why like my parents used to get so annoyed with me. And then I, when I moved to Perth, I still stuck with footy. And that was my preferred sport over anything. Basketball was probably second. And then when I moved into high school, I found an AFL program school and stuck with that. It was very, it's a public school, sort of low socioeconomic, not in a nice area. But it's kind of ironic because now I'm working in the same area mm. um, and working in the schools that I actually went to. So all the teachers that I worked with are still there. And it's kind of weird because I'm an adult now and they have to treat me like an adult, <laughs> like I'm not a student. So yeah, it's still very, it's very unusual. Every day is very weird <laughs> so yeah high school well high school I guess it's not a, I don't think my high school life was as hard it is as it is now mm. I think yeah, yeah young agree. people definitely have it more tough yeah high school high school must be a, a tough space right now with everything on social media and everything being online just so much pressure hundred um, percent. I see it firsthand so many um different impacts yeah. and social uh, media is probably one of the biggest yeah. and then I'd say you know along the lines of you know drugs and, yep. and mixing into substance use and everything but I was a bit of a nerd but also very quite jockey mm-hmm. in a way I don't know if that's a word yeah <laughs> jockey I would think jockey is a right let's just say it is slowly yeah, yeah we, get, we get where you're going with it <laughs> you're um, a jock yeah but I didn't have best friends I kind of had lots of groups of friends Mm -hmm. and I kind of mingled with every sort of group I'd hang out with the smart kids if I was needing a little bit of help or something I wasn't a super smart kid because I missed out on a lot of school in primary school Mm -hmm. having so much responsibility and some of that would mean that I would have to stay back and take care of my brothers Mm -hmm. and um, even my nan Uh, my nan was quite old she was getting sick towards the end so yeah yeah having to look after her at sort of nine ten yeah yeah years old <laughs> and going back to that time how old were you when your parents separated my parents were actually never together okay. um so I never really got that experience of them so you were always being. with your mum and your grandma yeah um my dad actually first met me when I was about a years old okay like, one year old yep and I just live with mum naturally us five kids we all sort of had different dads um my mum I would (laughs) my mum and dad were serial daters that's what I say (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so we all had sort of different dads and 
my I kind of yeah so I live with mum and partially would go spend some time with dad during Christmas and my birthday or, or sometimes but the relationship there wasn't I think a long lasting sort of relationship it was like a, a teenage they were quite young in their mm, 20s mm, so mm-hmm. yeah from what I know I don't really know that <laughs> but yeah so I kind of grew up with lots of stepmoms and stepdads yep yeah and you've also spoken a bit about your mum's relationship with drugs when you were younger what was that like for you I, I can't even imagine yeah well this is I've done interviews mm. and a lot of time this comes up my mum was sort of on and off drugs Mm. I remember sometimes being really good and then sometimes being really bad and it was obviously more so in primary school and Mm. in those younger years there were times when it would be really bad that we had a lot of child protection family Mm. services Mm. people at the house you know we would always have the government vehicles which is ironic because now I drive a a government vehicle (laughs) so it's kind of like deja vu but now you know i knowing what support those people give yeah um i understand yeah but yeah growing up they would always be at your house we had relationships with the local police it it was not a very nice environment it's quite toxic in some ways but when you're at that age was there was a lot of it like you didn't really I, i suppose understand what half of it was is it something that as you got older and you understood more about things like that where you were like oh my god that's what that was or was there did it all come kind of later to you or were you quite did you know what was going on at that time half and half I yeah. think I think I'm a pretty smart kid so yeah. I clicked on to some things that and you're the wrong. oldest I'm actually the middle child okay. so my older brother and older sister weren't really around in the house okay. I was probably the next one to take responsibility for yeah. the younger kids so like I said when the government vehicle would rock up it was kind of like you knew in that moment yeah to find where your brothers were and not hide but really kind of not be visual um, to the workers because you don't know whether they're coming because I was in foster care quite a bit throughout my childhood and that's when the times were really bad so when mum's addiction was pretty bad you know they would know and they would come to the house and do checkups and stuff like that and if it really meant that we were in the house alone they would honestly just pick us and take us Um, and there was a time when they actually just took us from school and actually didn't tell my mum that they were taking us and she didn't know where we were so yeah I I don't think it was a really nice no is is that why your nana lived with you guys as well my mum and my nana were really close so nan was always in the house I think they were just really inseparable so and my nana was getting quite old so she needed my mum well us to sort of take care of her I think she had a lot of health problems Um, she was a serious basketballer so she (laughs) couldn't really walk you know that well but she she still would not miss a shot if she was trying to (laughs) bail you (laughs) I don't know if you can say that on here but (laughs) that's funny um yes she was a pretty brutal woman but I think her hardness is definitely the reason why I am like the way I am sometimes as well and my mum was really quite hard but bit of a softie more yep. so mm. than then and I, I do have this soft side that I think I got from my mum and every time like someone mentions her or sort of we talk about her and reminisce she was a very char- charismatic woman and she had a really beautiful smile so you know the, 
the nice things we remember. It's It wasn't always so bad. I remember things in my childhood that I obviously treasure, which mm. are really nice. Like, you know, being able to be a kid in some ways mm. as well. So making coffee houses and swimming in local dams, like that stuff you can't really take away. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> what was your relationship like with your mum when you were with her? We clashed heads because we <laughs> like were the same. Like any mother and daughter, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I was so much like her in ways that I thought I was a bit too big for my boots. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I had all this responsibility, I really thought that I was like this adult. And she, yeah, sometimes she'd be like all right you need to get your pull your head in (laughs) but yeah she was she was great in in her own little way like I said very hard mother but also very loving in ways she her and I together like we would we we didn't have that serious nurturing relationship but she gave it in another way if that makes sense I can't really explain it because a lot of people have actually asked you know what kind of mother she was and I would naturally say that she's a she's a great mother but a lot of people obviously assume that because of the addiction and because of the bad times that that's not being a good mother which some is yeah I don't know how to explain it but yeah but <laughs> look I yeah. suppose you've grown into such a beautiful yeah. woman so she was obviously a good mum because she raised you I think she knew I was a very smart kid a different way um very people smart about reading you know people's energies and and um analyzing situations Uh, I think she knew that I'd be fine Mm -hmm. and I was very independent because she's she obviously relied on me quite a bit Mm. and if she didn't rely on me she obviously knew that I was capable of doing those things Mm. and I obviously took naturally took on that caring role because I don't know, it was inbuilt in me that me, I can't even pinpoint that moment of when I became that. It just naturally, that's what I did. And I still do to this day, mm. you know, as family always comes first for me. When you were kind of reaching those later teen years when, you know, the alcohol conversations come up in high school and parties and even drugs and stuff like that, did you ever, because of what you went through and, and your family, did you ever resent drugs and alcohol? Did you ever go down a path that that you didn't think you would ever go down because of what happened with your mum? Or have you always kind of stayed away knowing knowing what, what path it could go down? I definitely saw the effects of drug and alcohol, yeah. especially with my own family's experience. I don't really talk about this much on mm. social media or generally in interviews, but I, my older sister that I speak of, she has schizophrenia mm. and a drug inju- and it's really drug induced yeah. from how early on she started experiencing with drugs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, experimenting with yeah. drugs. Yeah. So first, I firsthand see the effects of it, yeah. and also in my career. So I'm surrounded by it and have been constantly. So I've never had the temptation yeah. of mixing drugs or, and I'm not a huge drinker of alcohol. Mm. Like I barely, you know, at the awards or a night or something like that. I have one champagne and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I don't really enjoy the feeling of being drunk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, plus, I have an awful phobia, so I'm always worried that if I drink, I will be sick. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's really. I oh know it's really weird. I shouldn't say. <laughs> No, that's actually totally fair enough. When I was younger, I had a massive fear of being sick, like massive. Mm-hmm. And I think it was when I was, I had braces and I had, there was this one point where I had like 
so many wires and stuff keeping my jaw together after this jaw surgery and I, I caught a bug and I had to throw up while my jaw was like locked shut and it was the worst experience of my life and ever since then I've had like this terrible phobia of throwing up so even if I'm if I have gotten drunk whether it was in my younger years or <laughs> nowadays <laughs> I can't even bring myself to to throw up because I'm just so terrified of it that's me yeah yep that Fully. is yeah and I'm 24 and yeah. I'm still I still have it yeah. and it's yeah same experience uh, one traumatic sort mm. of experience and it I go I guess it just sort of unravels yeah. from there but yeah. um yeah I guess that's one of the main reasons I don't drink yep. alcohol I spend probably every day talking young people yeah. out of it like I said I use my sister as an example of experimenting they don't really understand the effects of it on your brain and mm. your body and the development you know you're still so young mm. and you know you're just kind of um impacting it changes your dna Mm -hmm. smoking marijuana changes the dna of your baby Mm -hmm. and you could be 15 16 like Mm -hmm. it's already changing the dna of your you know fertility and everything Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that so i just don't yeah (laughs) i'm Mm anti-drugs but that's only because my own experience yeah yeah and when you talk about, you spoke before about how you kind of became an adult before you were ready to, I mean, mm. you're, I didn't know you were only 24. I thought you were mm. the same age as us, we're 26. Well, um, I'm 25. Oh, actually, I'm turning 27. Yeah. You're the now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to ask, you've obviously, as I said, grown into such an incredible woman. Are you grateful for having to have all that responsibility on you for kind of because of how it shaped you? Or do you look back and resent that and wish that you could have been a kid for a bit longer? Or do you never think about it? I think I value it in so many ways, mm. especially because I really pride myself on being a positive person and a person who makes, you know, better life choices because I think I could have do- gone down a different path mm. and I could have been completely off the rails and on drugs and addicted and I I really could have been pregnant if I was, you know, Mm. if I made the wrong choices. So I value that I, you know, went down the right path and I don't, I don't resent it. I don't have a lot of anger. I don't hold on to a lot of anger because I know that it uses more energy than being happy. And that's generally all I really wanted in life was Mm. sort of stability, a happiness. Like I, I used to watch those you know the morning shows and the getaway shows and I used to like oh that's so cool you know (laughs) like I always had this perspective that my life wasn't always gonna be like that and it's really it was always really up to me and I never thought that I'd get an opportunity to sort of have a second life but I think moving to Perth was a second opportunity and I think that's definitely why I don't resent growing up so quickly I think sometimes I am a little bit big for my boots and people forget how old I am but I really like that because I don't know I I value my childhood I get to live my childhood through the young people that I work with Mm. you know I get to be a big kid running around I get to dress like a kid like I don't I don't have to necessarily be an adult all the time and put on my big girl shoes I can I can be a kid still now Mm. And what advice do you give the kids that you work with? If you could kind of put it into three pieces of advice for anyone that might be listening and struggling at home or thinking that they don't have a bright future ahead of them because of their current circumstances, what would it be? 
I think don't be ashamed of your circumstance. I think really own it and own your story. Like I have had so many different things happen to me, not so good and some really great things, but I really focus on the great things mostly. And it's, you know, only people who want to know that sort of stuff because they see how you can overcome it and Mm. how you can be much more happier. So it's, yeah, owning your own story. And I think the other piece of advice would be be the best version of you. My nana used to say this, she was super religious, (laughs) but she would say God painted a picture and he painted you and you can only be you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he specifically painted the way that you're meant to be Mm -hmm. um, for a reason. So I think, you know, don't compare yourself to others at all. (laughs) I, I don't think I've ever compared myself well I partially have in some ways but I think it's always been like I would really like that in my life and Mm. I manifest that rather Mm. than be down on myself you know not yeah I don't know that makes sense (laughs) no it does of course no I love that that's really nice um yeah there's a two I you know I preach it because they're the two things that I tell the kids um the kids that I work with are super you know, they have probably had more trauma in their life than I've ever had to entail. So it's about owning their story. Mm. And once they are empowered to own their story and, you know, see it for what it is and then see what what they can be and what what potential they have, Mm. you can see their eyes light up. Like, it's Mm. amazing, you know, and the power of, I guess, that vulnerability is, is like, you know, powerful in its own way I'm super vulnerable every day I'm vulnerable right now telling this story yeah (laughs) but it you know allows for creativity and um storytelling as well so how did you get into being a youth worker and I suppose for anyone out there who who may be interested um yeah how did you go down that path and why why did you choose to do it I actually fell into it at a really bad stage in my life Mm -hmm. which is kind of ironic I worked at a mining company just doing admin I I left school it's a bit of a story so I I left school and I went into university studying Mm -hmm. sports science and I thought that's yeah this is what I want to do and I had a lot of things happen at a time I um, got picked for a state team so I was working towards that I was then living out of home so I had to manage payments to live out of home Mm -hmm. and then also fund the sports trip because being independent, being an independent miner, you mm. you don't have anyone to rely on financially. Mm. So, so I had a lot of things. I, I crashed my car. So I a lot of things happened in that time, and I sort of got a little bit down on myself. And I dropped out of uni, and then I went into work. Mm. And then I worked in this mining company, and I didn't work because I enjoyed it. I worked because I needed to work mm, to, need to fund yeah. myself really. And because university wasn't an option just then. And I worked for this company for about a year and a half. And I, that's where I actually met my boyfriend um, five years ago. Yeah. So worked for this mining company and actually got made redundant. And in that time, I went back to that dark place that I was when I was 18. Mm. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be able to fund my car I'm gonna be pay my rent and all this horrible stuff that I was thinking which now I don't I'd like to think that I, I'm a little bit more smarter and I you know right, like lo- think logically but mm. in that time I was just being crazy broke <laughs> <laughs> and I started applying for jobs and my friend actually messaged me about this job at Headspace mm. 
and I got this job and was just working administration but I was like oh this is really cool it's a youth mental health service Mm. I started working there and I instantly found a passion with Mm. working with youth mental health and I was working administration for about a like six months to a year Mm -hmm. I think and then I moved into community engagement and then then from there I just really found a passion with working as a youth worker. Mm. I moved, I moved to Sydney, I worked with youth in Sydney, I moved back home because I got homesick (laughs) (laughs) and then I yeah I just really just loved working with youth in, in different sort of settings so I worked in a care school doing education and training just different roles but Youth work is hard mm. and anyone who chooses to do it, you really have to be quite resilient and mm-hmm. also have boundaries for yourself. You need to know when to switch off, mm. which is really hypocritical because I don't <laughs> sometimes <laughs> don't switch off and, you know, will take a call from a young person at like ridiculous time mm. because I can't let that call not go through. Mm. Um, and, you know, you, you never know if it's like a serious call do you think back to when you're younger when you get those calls Mm. and think like what if that was me needing do you feel that like a really high level of responsibility because of that yeah and I still hold this responsibility to Mm. now um you know my family need me I'm there if young people need me I'm there anyone really um you know and it's it's crazy and I shouldn't you know, I, like I said, I should have boundaries and I do. And when I'm getting like burnt out or, um, you know, feeling a little bit flat, but I just know that how helpful it is when you need someone and you actually build the strength to reach out, how nice it is to hear someone on Get the Get a response, yeah. Yeah. And so um, supportive as well. So, yeah, I pride myself on being that, that person. But, uh, yeah, youth work is definitely a really hard um industry I guess Mm. yeah community service is really hard I think anyone that works um in caring for people with you know mental health or um addiction or anything is really hard Mm. and you also speak a lot about how proud you are of your aboriginal heritage which (laughs) is amazing do you find the kids that you work with are they a lot of them aboriginal are they or is it a, a mix of it's a mix, um, probably more non-Aboriginal mm. and a little bit of um, what we call cold, which is cultural and linguistically diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be um, from different you know, African countries. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually most of my kids at the moment and currently are probably non-Indigenous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I work with a huge dynamic. <laughs> And when you work with um, kind of any kids from a different culture or that are Indigenous, do you speak to them about why it's so important to be proud of, mm. of their culture and their heritage mm. and who they are? Yeah, I. one of the first activities I do with young people is finding out where they're from mm. and really diving deep into if they have a, a, a they you know identify with a culture finding out more about it. Um, I have a young kid who is New Zealand mm. and He's sort of um, New Zealand Aboriginal. So he's got both really wow. strong cultural um, heritage and he doesn't know much about it. So you, you kind of help them find who they are um, through different ways of mm. whether it's, you know, Googling those necklaces that yeah. they wear and, and stuff like that or art. That's really always so helpful. 
anyways. <laughs> and on your Aboriginal heritage, um, obviously, as Laura touched on it and yourself, it's so important that everyone embraces their, their background and their culture, um, obviously, if they want to. But what is something that you would like to share about your heritage or what would you like people to know more about um, Aboriginals, their history? What do you think everyone just needs to know? Is there something that's not spoken about enough? I think you need another hour for that podcast. <laughs> um, obviously, I'm so proud yeah. and mm. the kids who I work with know that. Mm. And, you know, I wore a, a shirt with a flag on it on the show because I am so proud of it. And that's just my favourite shirt. Like, I probably would be wearing it today. <laughs> um, so, but one of the things, I guess, that more Aboriginal people would love non-Aboriginal people to know mm. is just more about the history. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's it's not a nice venture. Um, there is some pretty horrific um, history to it. But we're also very, we're just so proud of it. Mm. And myself, like I didn't grow up with a lot of culture. I um, had to actually go out and educate myself mm-hmm. and um and learn about it mm. and I'm you know I'm a proud Noongar woman which is from Perth and I didn't actually really know that I was from Perth but mm. you know this is this is my tribe and this is where I'm from this is why I feel so at home when I'm in Perth more so rather than Carnarvon mm. um, and my grandmother used to talk about lots of stuff but I think being young you, you don't really have open ears to it mm. you, you're kind of like oh Nan's just talking gibberish <laughs> but um, and my mum was probably a little bit more disconnected than um, my nana. But I think now, I think learning about it, I'm so much more aware mm. um, about the history, about language, about, you know, how important it is to be proud and how amazing it is um, to know where you're from. Mm. Because knowing where you're from, and we touched, I guess, on um, to be proud of your culture, it it's your identity it's Mm. who you are and it makes you actually feel really quite wholesome Mm. and as a person as an aboriginal person really if you if you google social emotional well-being Mm. as an aboriginal person there will be this wheel and it has so many components of what makes us us Mm. and it's you know connection to culture connection to land connection to ancestors heritage this is all components to what makes us us mm. and I've repeated that but it makes me so happy because I never really had that up until probably now my teenage years mm. um I didn't actually know where I was from mm. who were my family but yeah I think once you start to educate yourself and and know that yeah it's amazing you posted the photo that in your t-shirt with the Aboriginal flag on the front um and you posted the photo that you said that the bachelor made you delete it because you'd uploaded it <laughs> yeah this is classic brook being so controversial and is it controversial? <laughs> i can't speak Con- yeah Contra- that was literally on our my tv for two weeks no Brooks bon- bombshell. no it was it was literally like well, i think it was oh. when you went on to um the second show but it was it was like literally just on the screen Flashing. all the time i know and it's it's really crazy because i really pride that I don't have a lot of drama mm. um and if people do bring sort of negative feelings into my life like I don't feel like they should like they don't value me and they don't really deserve mm. to be my life so I don't like have a lot of drama or any lots of um bombshells around you exactly and <laughs> secrets so that's sh- the the bachelor um 
yeah, the first bit was the bombshell and that was basically about talking that I've been in um, same-sex relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one was the um, leaving, I think. Mm-hmm. And then the last one was the bombshell, which or the secret, which was Nick's secret, which is stupid. Um, anyways, sorry, back on topic. But um, I deleted the photo um because they had asked basically when you film and then you're in this intermittent stage you cannot post mm. um it is in your contracts your own contractual mm-hmm. obligation um how long is that could be up to like three months okay it's quite a long time yeah so in that time it's you know july so that's nadoc week which is my busiest week where i'm out doing crazy things mm. and posting and promoting and connecting with people so you cannot post anything on social media and i don't post a lot on social media but in that time that's when I'm probably my most and it means something to you exactly Mm. it's um it's just a celebration and I thought there would be no harm in posting that photo um especially with me and the flag it wouldn't really prompt that the you know it wouldn't give away too much Mm. for the show so I posted it um and then obviously got notification to take it down and I I did and I don't argue that you know, if I get to post something, the other girls get to post something. Mm-hmm. I'm all about fairness and I understood from that p- perspective. But it really sort of angered me mm. and I don't get angry quite a bit, but it really frustrated me because I'm just – it was just a, a post that I just said always was, always will be, mm-hmm. and that's about Aboriginal land. Um, so I didn't think that would give too much away about the show and especially because no one knew where I was, mm. um, only my family. So, but yeah, they asked me to take it down and I just did, which just kind of annoyed me. But this year I was like, I'm going to go overboard. <laughs> <laughs> so I went crazy with NADOC week. Um, yeah, it was insane. <laughs> Back on The Bachelor. Um, so I think one thing that we've all learned about, I mean, I'm sure you would have learned it being uh, behind the scenes and going through it yourself actually, but even as viewers, you can tell that whether it's a talent show or a dating show, there's always a background story to people. Um, and one thing that Laura and I, as you touched on before, we hated that one of the bombshells was well, about your sexuality yeah. and labeling it. And mm. I really wonder how you felt going through that because, um, like I, I hate labels. I hate labels so much and I'm all for, you know, love is love and you can feel that for anybody, whatever, and you don't have to be labelled as bisexual or a lesbian if you're dating someone at that time or whatever. How did you feel going through that, I suppose, um, and the difference between going through it in your, in your own life when you did experience it and then going on television and feeling like you had to tell everyone and then knowing the whole entire world was going to know about this. Like I just couldn't even imagine what that would have felt like. In that time, it was tough. Yeah. Um, it, obviously, you're waiting for it to air and then it actually finally airs mm. and it's not the way that you anticipated. Of you would never have thought they would have made a big... I've totally forgot yeah, like that. I always think they film yeah. it live. Obviously, no. you don't film it live. You would have so just all of the ads and you would have just been like, great, they're making a real spectacle of me. Yeah, and friends were messaging me um, being like, what is the what is the bombshell? Please yeah. tell me. And I'm like, guys, it's really not that huge. Mm. Like they're really making it out to be when I, massive. When I when because I, I watched that season and when I, I was like, what is this secret? Mm. And then when it came out, I was like, is this is a joke? <laughs> is this a joke? Like seriously, that's yeah. it. it. It really angered me because I received a lot of 
scrutiny from people that actually I really am inspired by, mm. same-sex relationships mm. as well, um, people that I, I watch. Um, and that was upsetting mm-hmm. in that way. Um, but also because I've, I've actually had more girlfriends than I have boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, that's a weird fact about me. That's mm-hmm. the third one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've never put myself in a label mm. or in a box, mm-hmm. but this society, like we, something is out of the norm and we want to put it in a box and, yeah. and fit it into something. And it's not necessarily how I've always been. Mm. Um, I think I really, growing up without parents, mm. I had free expression of who I wanted to be, mm. you know? So I didn't have this direct man, woman mm. sort of relationship. Um, I think if my partner now, Nick, was a girl, it wouldn't be any different. Mm. I would still love him just as much mm. if he was, yeah. So it mm-hmm. doesn't really matter about gender or anything like that. And I think my sexuality has always been quite fluid and open and honest, um, which I don't really care. Mm. I don't have to um, tell people about it. And, yeah, that show really definitely put me into or put me in a box mm. um, and definitely rolled with it. And I've had, you know, definitely some, um, what would you call sort of, not consequences, but I've had bounce, well, backlash. Backlash, yeah. yeah. I've had, you know, quite a bit of backlash from it. Um, Which is so unfair because you didn't orchestrate any of it. I didn't intend for it to come out so uncomfortable. Mm. I'm actually super comfortable with it. Um with with it I don't mean it but I mean you know I'm super comfortable with with saying that I'm being with girls who cares yeah it's 2019 like um and yeah so the uncomfortableness and I've said this um I think maybe on a different interview that the uncomfortable was the uncomfortableness was because girls in the house were Mm. saying that I was needing to tell Nick or sorry I were needing (laughs) <laughs> they were pressuring you into, yeah. <laughs> into feeling like it was yeah. something that you had to share. It yes. wasn't your choice. No. Um, and that was the uncomfortableness. Mm. The uncomfortableness was being on camera and having to prove yourself or mm. having to like pick to pieces yourself and, and put it out there to the world. When, if you were dating in the real world, it's probably something you would have mentioned at some point naturally, because as yep. you said, you're and open and you're not ashamed of it or anything mm. like that. But when you're with a group of girls, yeah, yeah. I can imagine that would have been... Yeah, as you and then I guess even after that conversation, I then had to go up to one of the girls in the house and confront her about it, mm. about her saying you you know you needed to tell Nick. It was, and I was like, this is so uncomfortable. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I think I've moved past that now, and I still rem- receive comments like, oh, she's you've decided that you've you now want men oh <laughs> and my weird gosh. you know weird co- post about oh picking sides or picking and choosing and it's not ever been like that yes i've been you know about the person and who the person is yeah but um on a deeper level because yeah not having parents i had free expression to Mm. be whoever i wanted to be and love who i wanted to love Mm. so yeah as everyone should be able to Mm. oh 100 (laughs) percent. and with obviously you've had like a a really hard upbringing and you've gone through a lot of things Mm. and then you go into the bachelor where honestly some of the issues that some of the girls go on about it's like this is not a comment like there's so many other (laughs) things you know to talk about how did you obviously there's some lovely girls on there was um lisa carlton in your season was that your season or no no it wasn't that was a different season anyway that's someone (laughs) i knew this went on there's been some really nice girls on there but there's also some serious 
sleep bad, bullying and pettiness. Yeah. How did you deal with that? Because did you just think, oh my goodness, there is a real world out there and what is wrong with you? Yeah, you put it on the money. Did you just walk away? What did you do? I mean, do you even feel like at one point that you got sucked into it yourself? I can only imagine being... As you've said, you said on the Shameless podcast, you know, if Nick was the only male around, other than Osho, obviously, but like he was the <laughs> He's only. On guard, Osho. Yeah, but, but he was the one that was like, this is the one that you need to be mm. into, and this is the one that you need to aim for, or whatever. So you end up kind of getting attracted to that person because it's like a competition. So mm. I can understand that, but I can also understand if you're constantly surrounded by these girls, you don't have your, you know, your normal friends and family to call mm. or to talk to or to vent to. Um, mm. Did you ever get sucked in yourself to some of the craziness or bitchiness? Parts, yeah. I think you're right on the money, Steph, with, I guess, the Nick being all that the, mm. the that B and end all, right? Yeah. Um, and my first impression, I guess I'd said I didn't want any footy boys mm. and then I rock up and there's a rugby mm. guy standing in front of me and, you know, I soon realised, I was like, wow, they've really picked it. Yeah. Um, and I, at stages, I thought, wow, I've I've been picked specifically for him. Mm. So I was like, this is very unusual. Um, sorry, I've gone off track. Um, but yeah, you definitely fall in the trap um, of, I guess, in this the situation or the environment, you you start to bounce off one another. Mm, yeah. um, I think for myself, I stayed grounded throughout yeah, the whole thing did. and that was because a lot of the girls would go journal and write about their day and write about Nick and you know how great he is and etc where <laughs> I would be writing what would I like in five years yeah. <laughs> or what you. are my values like stuff like that that's it's internalized like it's mm. stuff that I want to be doing you know stuff that I want to be in five years mm. and, and doing um But you can definitely understand that in those dynamics, the girls uh, become very bitchy Mm. um, and you're very right, Laura. It becomes um, a lot of bullying, really. Mm. And I think in parts of ways I was bullied Mm. in some Mm. areas. Um, And then, you know, I was never a bully. I can Mm. honestly cross my heart and die that I never was a bully to anyone because... I think you know because, well, they never add anything that you said negatively, (laughs) so... Well, I stayed out of it. Um, Mm. When there was any drama, I removed myself because I don't have conflict. I was, you know, (laughs) I've had it in my life Mm. throughout my whole childhood. I didn't want to be surrounded by it. And also playing footy. Mm. You are surrounded by so many girls in the footy world and that is a different dynamic of girls. Um, you in football, you're there for an objective to win a grand final, mm. and the you know you're working with each other. Mm. Like a team. When yeah, but when you're in that situation in the house, you're working all against one another. Mm. You you can't trust or confide in anyone, and mm. you can't get any outside perspective because you're isolated. You're away from family. You get a phone call every two weeks. It's like that's crazy. I never it's knew like that. Jail. It's worse. That's worse. No, that's worse. Yeah. yeah. How many minutes on the phone? 15. Do they listen? Yes. Because you can't talk about anything in the house, can no. you? No. Yeah. You can't talk oh, anything. Of course, you won't be able to share anything. Yeah. There's actually a study. This is my nerd. Mm. But there's a study. I think it's called Stanford Prison Study. It's basically about the psychology of um, the prison gut. So basically they have all these prisoners, mm. all these people that are in a prison-like space mm-hmm. and they 
um, allocate specific people to be prison guards mm. and some to be prisoners. And these are just getting told that you are a prison guard, not that you actually are. You just get told that you are. Mm. And then the, a matter of days they keep tracking it and you, these people actually turn into the prison guards, mm. their personality, their um, mannerisms, mm. everything mm. they do turn into being becoming a prison guard. So it, they actually had to stop the study because it was becoming so br- yeah, brutal. And, but Damaging people. <laughs> this is the psychology around it because you're in that isolated state mm. and you yeah you're not getting out you know being on the outside world you don't know what's going on there's no news mm-hmm. nothing so what's happening in there is what's happening mm. in there um yeah so you can understand mm. <laughs> so i'm sure there was still some fun times yes <laughs> um, do you have a funny memory that you like to think back on or that you want to share with us that comes to mind yeah in those times where it's you know pretty hectic um there are some really good times there was a moment well there were plenty of moments where the girls would have um designated cookers and yeah they would cook up a good feast and we would all sort of get our pillow and um blanket and come out to the lounge room and eat dinner and then watch a movie um and you know share popcorn and stuff like that and and hang around in the pool so they they were good moments um you know the girls would run sort of Pilates sessions and nice. Um, yeah, it was. It was uh, half of it was great. Mm. I can honestly say half of it was fantastic, a really mm. good experience. Um, but half of it was really chaotic and and quite intense, mm. um, as you can imagine. <laughs> but then I went the second time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, but you know, I love you. Um, I love what you said about you just wanted to get back into it. Get um. What did you say? You get said, back on the horse. Yeah, get back on the horse. I love that. What about yeah. advice for someone? If you could just give one sentence of advice to someone to go on reality, that he's going to go on reality t- TV, what would it be? Well, that's a really tough one because <laughs> I have so much. Um, be definitely ready for the mental challenge yes. um, mm-hmm. in that. isolation. Yeah. You have so much time. You may or may not have some time, like a lot of downtime. Well, true, actually, because you might only be there for one night. Mm, yeah. That would might. be, I feel like that would be really hard taking time off. Work. I always think about that if you took time off work and you told your work, I might not be back for four months and then you're back the, ne- like, back. the next day. Do you reckon you just stay for four <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> that's, ex- that's exactly what happened to some girls. They went the first night and that was probably after four days mm. of being there. It's hard. Yeah, it's super hard. I had to, it was that was a big sacrifice that mm. I made stopping work Huge. to go on there. And especially cause you were, I was there for so long, um, you know, pretty much up to three months. Mm. And there was like, I was going nuts. I was <laughs> like, I need to get out and work. I need yeah. to be mentally stimulated. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It was a, it's an intense time, but, um, advice definitely if you're going on reality TV shows is to be prepared and also, I guess, um, own your story again mm. and, mm-hmm. you know, rock it and, but I, the, this is my thought throughout the whole process is my family is watching, so mm. don't say anything that your grandma wouldn't want to hear. Yeah. That's like the best advice. Um, and my doctor actually going into the house gave me two words of advice. Don't say like, <laughs> and I say it all the time, so you're probably going to have to take it out. Um, he said, don't talk like this, like that. 
And then the other one was um, dress appropriate. Love it. They have very <laughs> good pieces of advice. That's my doctor. <laughs> so, yeah, he's great. And to end it on a high, we've got Laura's favourite question that we ask all our guests. If you could play a character, could be from a, a TV <laughs> show, could be from a movie, could be from a book. If you could play any character, who would it be and why? Uh, oh, I've got two that come to say mind. Two, can say two. two. <laughs> the first one, please don't judge me. No um, judgment in no this judgment room. here. <laughs> no, it's so obviously I'm a bit of a tomboy, but this is probably the only girl I think that I really liked. Um, High School Musical, <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, so I really love Zac Efron and Same. I would, yeah, oh my God, I would I play her. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Um, Fully. But the other one would probably be Matilda. Okay. Oh, my God. Um, Who? Having special powers. Matilda. Oh, being Matilda. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. Matilda is the name. So maybe... Well, yeah, obviously, well, you're not going to be Matilda. Mrs. Trunchbold or something. <laughs> no, no. Um, being Matilda, I think, because oh. I had some pretty evil teachers. So I always used to dream... I used to be a daydreamer. Daydreamer. So, um, yeah. Be able to have her too. powers. I love yeah, that. Cute. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. And thanks for coming and spending some time with us. It's been nice to, to get to know you. And for sharing no. everything that you did. We yeah. really, really, really appreciate it. Thanks for it. coming to Perth. I know it's such a <laughs> long way for you guys. So. Yeah, we came just for you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel super special. Thank you. <laughs> well, we hope you guys enjoyed that chat with Brooke. Now, Lozzy, what's the time for? Question of... <laughs> No, absolutely not. Question of the week. (laughs) (laughs) This week's question is from Chloe. I'm guessing maybe Chloe. Who are you going for in the AFL Grand Final? Oh, this is hard. So I don't go for GWS or Richmond. Mm. I like, I always go for the person who's losing, like the underdog. Okay. So I'll probably go for GWS. Dalton's one of his best friends is, is in the team. So I feel like I should... Go for them. I feel like they're not necessarily the underdogs. They're the underdogs in the way that they've got a whole lot less of a fan base, obviously, because they're a much yeah. newer team. I think they've, they've never only won got like a grand final or something. Well, obviously, they've only been around for like a couple of years. That's sad for them. So I would like them to. But they're playing really good. So they still have just as much of a chance. I don't know. I'm probably going to have to decide at the time. Yeah. Okay. Well, we won't even get to watch it. So oh, I yeah, we'll be on the about. plane. But. Um, okay, I'm sorry to anyone that loves Richmond. I want you to win, but I am going to support GWS because of, because of my personal connection yep. and because I feel like it's sad for them they haven't won a grand final. Inspiring. Love it. I'm going to go for Richmond um, because <laughs> a few balanced. reasons, few reasons. Josh goes for Richmond. Oh, my God, I didn't even know yeah. that. I'm such a bad friend. <laughs> Josh goes for Richmond and the other year when they won, we were in Mexico, so he <gasps> missed it. And I think he's trying to get a ticket to go. So for his sake, I really hope that he wins, that they win, so that he can feel that feeling. Can I take mine back? I feel really guilty. (laughs) I'm going to have to be with you, Josh. I'm going for Richmond. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we hope you guys enjoy the footy this weekend. We will be up in... um, If you watch it. Yeah. You might not even be into footy. I feel like everyone watches the grand final, don't they? Mm, no. Well, we won't be. We're literally <laughs> the only people in Australia who won't be. No, so we're up in, um, I'm going to keep saying it wrong, Cairns. I keep calling it Cairns and people are like, you're going to Cairns? It's like, like that's a long Isn't way to go. is the Cairns Film yes, Festival? Yes, sorry. We're going to Cairns this weekend, which we're really excited about. I've never been there and I really am excited to see it and hopefully we get some nice weather. But yeah, as I said, very shattered when we're going to miss the grand final. It's okay. We will just have a wine on the plane to we make will. up for it. Maybe a hot pie too. 
Okay. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. If you would like to hear or see more from us, you can find us on Instagram at Keep It Cleaner or Laura.Henshaw or Steph Claire Smith. Where you and will see 1.5 million followers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> or you can find us on our website at Keep It Cleaner. No, not at www.keepitcleaner.com.au. Thank you guys, and Bye. we'll be back next Wednesday. Bye.